Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, November 9, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we always do right out of the chute? We take a look at the first thing that pops off the page on the daily chart. We can't help but notice what happened today. So all in all, we know what happened today. We had a huge gap up and then they basically had a gap and crap finishing near the lows of the day, creating an enormous potential reversal candle. Now, why do I insert the word potential in there? Well, it is a reversal candle, but what happens if the market goes back up tomorrow? Well, then it wasn't a reversal because it was never really at the highs for more than a few minutes. So we're just calling it a spike to new highs and a tremendous gap higher from Sunday night into Monday. We had a failure finishing at the lows. There was pretty good volume today. When you look down at the bottom of the screen, you see that we had 164 million shares traded today against an average daily volume. And this is calculated using the previous 90 day average of about 82 to 83 million shares. So on volume, they have a spike to new highs and they close below the old high near the lows of the day, that's pretty much a reversal in the making. By the way, where did the market find support or stop going down into the end of the day? Quite interestingly enough, the high here on the 12th of October happens to be 354.02, and the low in the afternoon today on that sell-off into the close is 354.06. There are no accidents, there are no coincidences in the market, that number was important, the market knew that number was important, it became a destination late in the day, and that's where it stopped going down. Could you have known that four or five hours earlier? No, that's not the point. The point is to understand and be able to identify in real time where certain areas of resistance, where certain areas of support will be, and some of them are just out of trade school 101 case in point we have a line on the screen at 358.75 so this morning the market gaps way over that number who knows where it's going they're in no man's land they're at new highs they're significantly above the old highs right out of the chute in the morning anything goes maybe they fail right out of the gate maybe they keep going another 50 handles who knows and who's to say that they couldn't do that after all Right out of the gate in the morning, we were in the midst of a rip-your-face-off rally. Once they ripped the face off, then they issued the pies in the face. Following that scenario, what happened next? Well, right out of the gate, you had the Johnny-come-latelys. Who were they? They chased the market. They're going to buy the market right out of the gate at the open, thinking it's going to keep going. They buy the market, and what do they get? They get a pie in the face. The first pie was from the traders that were short going into the weekend. The second pie was from the Johnny-come-latelys chasing the market right at the opening bell. They were issued a pie in the face, having to cover their long trades at a lower price later in the day. We're going to drill down to some other stuff in a moment, but I think this is worth another conversation about, hey, what's the larger picture look like? Remember that schematic? Let's bring the schematic back and have that discussion. So the market was going to run up and make a high, something like that. 
It was going to come down. It was either going to make a new high or it was not going to make a new high. It was going to be either a truncated high or it was just going to keep going down. Some rendition of that. But either way, once it made a new high, what we did say is ultimately the market's going to go down anyway. It's just a matter of are they going to make new highs or not. But in the end, the market was going to keep going down. Let's continue that conversation because nothing's changed. That's the main point that we have to get across. Nothing's changed. Same scenario. The question is, what do the traders do that thought that was all going to happen in three weeks? Well, they need to go back to the original videos where we discussed that, and they'll notice that this was a long-term situation. This is a multi-month situation. At this point, maybe today's the high, Maybe it's not. We don't know for sure. Certainly, it looks like another high. It looks like a reversal. Obviously, traders can trade against today's high if they want to be short the market, albeit it's not that close by anymore. Certainly not as close as it was this morning. But nevertheless, based on today's activity, and again, this is right out of Trade School 101, they gap up above an old high. They close below the high on a reversal candle closing at the lows back inside the old high. Guess what? That's a bona fide reversal. That's a market with a failed breakout. Anything can change going forward, but that's what we have today. Just take it at face value. We'll call it the duck. If it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, generally speaking, using the 80-20 rule, it's going to be a duck. Don't get bent over by the duck. Sometimes, using the 80-20 rule again, 20% of the time, plus or minus something on either side, it's not going to be the duck. It's going to be the ugly duck, it's going to be something different, and you're going to have the Sunday surprise. And by the way, it doesn't have to be on a Sunday. What happened, by the way, inside the numbers today? The big picture is what you'll see, obviously we had a huge gap up, so A, we need the market to establish itself. So what you'll see is a couple of main things. You'll see 362 established as resistance, so that turned out to be the case. They went and ran a couple of tests, turned out to be pretty good resistance the majority of the day. What you'll also see in the notes, and I'm going to scroll up later, but I want to give you the highlights. What you'll also see in the notes is where the support came in at the old high. Now that was one of those things where every trader under the sun who knows anything about technical analysis, they don't even have to live on this planet, they could live on any planet, any trader with technical knowledge 101 saw that if the market was going to test the old highs, there was going to be a bull bear battle. However, that doesn't always mean that every trader is willing to buy that area, being that under normal garden variety conditions, it should be support. However, you don't know support for how long, you don't know what kind of support, you don't know if it's going to be support at all, especially when the market just gapped a tremendous amount higher, is now coming in. We could have seen a colossal failure in the beginning of the day as opposed to the end of the day. So what you'll see in the notes, and I'm going to scroll up, you'll see in the notes that I wasn't willing to participate on the long side of the market at the old highs. I gave the deal. I told you what I thought. It's just a matter of whether I'm willing to take the trade or not. And I thought I would put it out there that it just wasn't my cup of tea. Other traders took that trade. I know they did because they told me they did. I take them at their word. They made money on the trade. And guess what? Kudos to them. 
we had a tremendous gap higher. So whether it was on the declared president of the United States, Joe Biden, or whether it was on some kind of vaccine for the coronavirus, it doesn't really matter what anybody, any trader, any media participant, any pundit, any investor, anybody just waltzing past the graveyard. It doesn't matter what you want to believe, the market was up tremendously. The reason is in the eye of the beholder, moving right along. So right out of the gate, we're not going to do anything with this. Shorting is a gamble, chasing is a gamble. Really, there's nothing you can do on a morning like this. That's what pro traders do. They sit back and they wait for an opportunity to present itself. What amateur traders do, what people, traders that have to be in a trade, they think they're missing the boat, they get that FOMO. What they do is they either short it right out of the gate or they buy it right out of the gate. Either way, they just have to be in something hoping it works out. I can't play that game. We typically have something for everybody. We'll get to stocks on the move later. There's always an opportunity or two on the board. So we're moving along and the market's about to open up. So we have some final thoughts going on. We have a melt-up scenario, but I'm looking at the NASDAQ and I see tech is all over the place. Some of the stocks that were bought up because of the virus, the Zooms and the Pelotons and all that stuff, they're getting crushed. Other tech stuff is getting hit a little bit. So we're not going to be short on volatility, but you still have to wait for the market to come to you. You have to wait for the opportunity to materialize. By 9.40, already we can see a little bit of a failure start to unfold, so we need to identify what's important. The only thing that I can identify from where I sit that was important on the board at that point in time, 9.40 in the morning, was the former high all the way down at 9.58.75. For me, again, 9.40, this is what I'm saying, they're fading, but no viable support we can see until they reach the former high. Here we go, you know the routine, five-minute chart, right of the vertical, today's activity. 358.75 is still the line. They did have support before they got there, but nothing I could see with the naked eye. But what happened when they did get to 358.75? They had a pretty nice bounce. They gave it up at the end of the day, but they had a pretty nice bounce off 358.75. Again, whether I'm willing to take the trade, whether I want to take the trade or not, is irrelevant to what the chart is saying, what the technical level is, and what normally would happen. So as the morning unfolds, we have some numbers, and when it breaches, meaning the market breaches certain numbers, it opens the door for others, that's what starts to unfold as the morning goes along. You can see here at 9.57, something happened to the 9. I'm not sure what type of gremlin ate the 9, or it really entered the world of the incredibly shrinking 9. Nevertheless, Zoom was a nice win for many of you, as was PTON or Peloton painting by the numbers. We'll get to stocks on the move later. We had a shit burger too, so have no fear, I'm going to talk about them all. About 10 o'clock, under normal market conditions, there would be a bounce at the former highs, 358.75. There's your 362. Why don't we go back to the chart and check that one out? couple of times today, the area around 362 wound up to be resistance for the market. You can see it early in the morning, again in the afternoon, the early afternoon, and then that time was it. They gave it up and down into the end of the day. 362 was, in fact, resistance, and you'll see it repeat a couple of three times in the notes throughout the day. No, thy numbers. Moving right along. Again, 1012, you can see 362 is still resistance. Closing candles above send price to about 363, 
but the flip side of not getting through sends price down back below, moving right along. W was the shit burger. 261 at this point in time was acting as resistance. Not getting through 261 was a problem. If they did get through, they should have went to 364. Sorry about the flip-flop on the two and the three. We'll go to the charts. That'll all become clear. Meanwhile, moving right along. Here the market comes down, and then they do the thing. They do the same thing at gaps. They do this all the time. And what it is is they either come up short of a number, spike it through, or hit it on the nose. And on the first run, we never know exactly which one it's going to be, but we have the awareness that they do that. So you can see here, look from where they were early in the morning. That's a huge move. 359.22 was a current low at this point in time against 358.75. Then they made another low. Then they did the thing. But they first have to send Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate Crew out on the field to screw with everybody. That's the way the market works. Moving right along. Now, at 11.11, what we're saying is, at 358.75, if they hold, there's another rally. If they don't, there's another leg lower. Hourly close above or below 358.75 is the key. So you can see, as the day begins to unfold, as the market begins to unfold, there are opportunities that begin to unfold, no matter what the market did in the morning, no matter how much it gapped up or how much it gapped down. The market is trading from an intraday perspective. After the big move in the morning, it was trading normally. It quieted down. It was doing its thing. And therefore, I can do my thing so you can do your thing. Remember, if 358.75 holds, there'll be another rally. Guess what? There was another rally. To where? 362. Did we know about 362? Yes, we did. Moving right along. 1226, no change. Staying above the former high, which they did, keeps the door open for another rally later. SPY 362 is in the cards again. That's 1226. They hit 362 about a half an hour later. And there it is. I said 352, it's 362. That's just a typo. And then they started eating time off the clock. And then we started getting into the end of the day where anything goes. You don't know whether they're going to pull the rug out or they're going to send them up into the end of the day. Let's go back to the chart and have that discussion real quick. So just from a conceptual standpoint, the market comes down to run another test of that same area it found support earlier in the day. Now, it starts to go back up. Obviously, they failed. We know that. Once they got below that 378, 358.75, pardon me, then that was all she wrote. That we can say, that we know from a technical perspective. Once they started closing candles below there, we said it earlier in the day. Everybody should know that by now. Then that changes it from support to resistance, resistance to support. What was support becomes resistance and vice versa. So all that takes place. But what we don't know at the time here at 14.35, at 14.40, for those that don't know, that's 2.30, 2.40 in the afternoon. We don't know whether they're going to go back up to 3.62, whether they're going to go back up past 3.62 to the old highs from earlier in the day. You don't know until they start closing candles below 358.75. That's just in my mind. That's in most traders' mind. And then, again, in your mind, how, how do you actually pick up a short position at the end of the day here when anything goes? They could rip them up into the end of the day. They can send them down into the end of the day. Unless you're doing something from a multi-day standpoint, something that you're willing to obviously hold overnight, 
You don't know what they're going to do in the last half hour of the day. You just don't. That's why I always say, into the end of the day, anything goes. How about stocks on the move? So we have Zoom, we have Peloton, and we had Wayfair. eBay and HOLX didn't hit their targets. They're classified as no trades. The first one we'll look at is Zoom. As you can see, it was getting a pretty significant haircut at the opening bell, classified as a military cut. Closed Friday at 500 bucks, opening the day at about 432 and heading lower. Our numbers identified were 413 and 399.65. They were on the board bright and early. So you can see the rodeo that ensued early in the morning, but you can also see what happened later. The stock made a high of 446.47 before rolling over into the end of the day along with the rest of the market to where? Where did it go down to at the end of the day? How about 413? Pretty incredible stuff. Does anybody think that number's important? Raise your hand. Peloton, another military cut. Two numbers on the board bright and early, 103.04, 95.23. If you're painting by the numbers, then need I say any more? The high that was made after seemed to be 108.48. Here's your average in here if you're painting by the numbers, under $100 a share. Wayfair turned out to be the shitburger de jour of the day. There were two numbers on the board, 261.30 and 246.02. They're not that close together. However, they're not that far apart. It's a $250 stock. And that really wasn't the problem today. The problem was it never reached the second number in the morning when it went all the way down. If you were painting by numbers and it reached the second number, you would have gotten the rally. It would have been good to go. Never mind. Instead, traders that took the first number got left holding the bag as the thing tried to rally back, failed at the same number, right around 261, and then dripped lower into the end of the day. It didn't do the thing at the numbers. It has another destination in mind. We have to move on. Before we leave the S&P 500, we'll take a look at the weekly chart and we should just make mention of where the gap is from a weekly chart perspective Keep in mind, they can come all the way in, they can fill the gap, they can reverse back up, finish the week above the old highs, and guess what? That's bullish. So it depends on what happens at the end of the week. The weekly chart is more important than the daily chart. I've got my eye on everything, obviously, but I want to put that in your head. The weekly chart close is a long way off, but it's an awareness that we should know about. What's going on over in Camp IWM? 173.39 represents the former high. Same exercise that we did in the SPY, and you can see they obviously had the same gap and crap. It was a tremendous day early on for the IWM. It still finished up almost 4% for the day. So it's hard to take anything away from that, but it's also hard to get excited about that when you see the reversal candle, the candle finishing at the lows, the gap and crap, all of the above, it's very hard to get excited about the IWM being up $6 or 3.77% when you look at that daily chart candle. Tomorrow will mean a lot. It depends on whether we have follow through on the downside continuing from today's afternoon activity or do we see follow through on the upside continuing from the daily chart move. Interesting to find out Tuesday morning. It's going to be
turnaround Tuesday? Do they turn around from the afternoon crap out or do they turn around from the whole day being up or do they not pay attention to any of that stuff? We'll find out on Tuesday. Nothing to do with the IWM. There's a gap down below. You're in no man's land up above. We're going to need more information from the tape. How about the VIX today? What's the opposite of a gap in crap? How about a flush and recovery? So the VIX today had a flush and recovery. They were down early in the morning, finished at the highs of the day, the exact opposite of the S&P 500. Why is that? Because this is a measure of volatility, but more so volatility meaning when the market's going down and it's going down with momentum, the VIX tends to pick up speed. It's a measure of put buying in the market against call buyers and a whole host of other things that we wouldn't begin to want to understand. The VIX is a derivative of a derivative of a derivative. What do we have with the folks down at the transportation department? We have a huge tail candle on the daily chart. New highs, failure, tail candle, back below the former highs. I mean, that's a recipe for a reversal. Keep in mind, you could have a retrace up the tail. The market never makes it easy. It's hard to kill a bull. You need to be aware of all that stuff. But at face value, that's a tail candle. That can be traded against today's high. Hourly closes above today's high. You scratch your head. Daily close above today's high. You cut and run if you were short against today's high. Here's where stuff starts to get fishy. The folks out in Silicon Valley. Now, on one hand, we know that a lot of the We'll call them the coronavirus stocks, the Zooms and the Pelotons, even Home Depot, even Lowe's, even FedEx and Amazon and Netflix and all that stuff where they benefit from people using more of their stuff because they're not going to work, but yet they're staying at home or they're anchored to home. So most of those stocks were in the queues. Most of those stocks are tech stocks. And guess what? They get taken out behind the woodshed today, but in the end of the day, when you take a look at the queues and you say, wait a minute, the market's gapping up huge and the queues were up early, the NASDAQ was up early, it was up overnight, tremendous, but it wasn't the same by the open, something was kind of fishy, could have turned around, didn't have to turn around, something that I was watching intently. The queues are pretty close to already filling the gap left open from the close on Friday. 286.91, they're at 288.59 on close. The queues are also in a different position in the market. Now check this out. So we have this situation in the queues. So we have a high, we have a lower high, now we have a spike of the lower high, but we have yet to close above that high. Therefore, if that doesn't happen, you technically have a third or second lower high and that could turn out to be an ominous sign it's too early to tell but it's something we have to put on the table as a puzzle piece it's an awareness in the cues weekly chart put this in perspective there's nothing wrong with the tape above all the moving averages it's bullish you have to be the umpire calling balls and strikes i can take a look at the daily chart and see one thing you look at the weekly chart and you say hey even if the daily chart does come down some, is this really going to collapse? Are they really just going to blow through the low of that last breakup candle like it wasn't even there? And the answer is probably not. However, all this stuff is an awareness. We're aware of all the prices, all the support levels, 
all the resistance areas, and based on what's happening in the market in real time, when it gets to these areas, we use all the information we have, we use the puzzle that we've been assembling to our advantage, and that's how this thing unfolds in real time. We have to show up every day in uniform ready to go, but we've practiced and practiced and practiced. We have numbers, we have information, we have data, we have briefcases full of stuff. We go on the road with everything we need. A team is apprised of all the players, all the coaches, all the equipment, all the supporting staff. Everybody involved is part of that team. Charts, numbers, former highs, former lows, moving averages, weekly charts, monthly charts, daily charts, hourly charts, 120-minute charts, 240 charts, leading indicators, lagging indicators. We use the whole gamut of stuff, everything in the toolbox. What about the XLF? Kind of a similar situation. Now this could be a topping signal kind of candle. It may be, it may not be. It's on volume. Those traders that have taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader should go back and take a look at some of those signals and what we talked about and what was taught in that course about how to read the tape with those type of signals at hand. Remember the weekly chart in the XLF? Remember this breakdown candle? It had a high of 2680. Remember I said it's unlikely that they're just going to blow right through there. Look at all these moving averages and all that stuff. So you had a breakdown candle high, moving averages, a tremendous amount of resistance, and what did they do? They actually gapped over everything. If you've got an interest in the XLF, short, long, whatever it is, you need to know about 2680. We're going to leave that on the chart. That's your bogey, that's your number. Come below 2680 on daily closes, and that's bearish. Stay above 2680 on daily closes, weekly closes, that's bullish. 2680 is your bogey. Smash mouth, reversal candle on volume in concert with the Qs. We have to be careful. The Qs and the SMH may be telling us that the market topped out. We'll see if we get follow through tomorrow. Follow through in either direction is going to tell the tale. We're not going to anticipate. We're not going to project. We're going to wait and see what happens and then act and react accordingly. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. I'm going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.